there's a new class of blockbuster drugs. Drugs like Ozempic. They're changing bodies. And all of a sudden, just the weight starts falling off. Fortunes. It just got too expensive. They're just bank breakers. And industries. There was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of skepticism. The impact of these drugs from business to health is just beginning. From the journal, Trillion Dollar Shot. Find it in the journal feed wherever you get your podcasts. Today is Friday, May 28th, 2021. On this day in 1998, Saturday Night Live legend Phil Hartman was shot to death by his wife of 11 years, Bryn. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of this killer's crimes, listener discretion is advised. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Today, we're covering the tragic murder of actor Phil Hartman. Let's go back to Los Angeles, California on May 28, 1998 at 6.20 a.m. Police cars raced down Ventura Boulevard, tires screeching as they turned onto Encino Avenue. Red and blue lights flashed as they drove through the tree-lined residential street. Moments later, they arrived at the home of beloved Saturday Night Live actor, 49-year-old Phil Hartman. Phil was in the heyday of his career, but his wife of over a decade, 40-year-old Bryn Hartman, struggled to land even a cameo. While Phil was respected for his approachable, average Joe personality, friends said Bryn had a jealous streak and an unpredictable temper. The previous night, she'd met up with a girlfriend for dinner and drinks. Bryn's closest confidants knew she struggled with alcohol and cocaine addiction. That evening, however, she seemed to be in a good place at first. But as the hours passed, Bryn lingered in her car or dipped into bathrooms to do a little coke and pop some Zoloft. When she made it home, she found her husband fuming. Phil was upset because he'd just heard that Bryn hit their six-year-old daughter, Bergen, while drunk a few nights before. He told his wife that if she started using again or hurt the kids one more time, he'd leave her. Bryn erupted. Phil tried to calm her down, but apparently wasn't in the mood to argue for long. Eventually, he ignored his wife and went to bed alone. But Bryn was still furious. She sped over to an ex-boyfriend's home for comfort. There, she downed bottle after bottle of beer and ranted about Phil. Her ex told her to sleep off the anger, and she left around one in the morning. When she made it back home, she staggered into the bedroom. Phil was fast asleep. Bryn rustled through her nightstand for a moment until she found her handgun. She cocked it and pointed it at her husband's forehead. Then, with a shudder, she pulled the trigger. After the first shot connected, she fired twice more. Blood painted the bedsheets. After a moment of silence, Bryn stumbled out of the room and back outside. She sped away once again, right back to her ex's house. Once Bryn arrived, she immediately confessed to murdering Phil. 
Her ex didn't believe her at first. It wasn't the only time she'd had a dramatic bout of panic, but when she dropped her purse and he saw the pistol fall out, he realized she was telling the truth. Without skipping a beat, he grabbed the murder weapon and placed it in his trunk to keep it away from her. He told Bryn to go back home, then followed her in his own car. Back at the Hartman residence, Bryn's ex discovered Phil lying in a pool of his own blood. He called 911 right away. Around 6.20 a.m., the police arrived to find the couple's nine-year-old son running outside. They led him to safety and went back in to get his little sister. By then, Bryn had locked herself in the bedroom with her husband's body. As police climbed the stairs, they heard a single shot from inside. An officer kicked open the bedroom door and saw Phil lying on the blood-soaked bed. Bryn, in her sleep suit, lay next to him on her back. She'd died by suicide. Coming up, the Hartman's friends and family struggle to pick up the pieces. The internet. What would we do without it? So much information, so little time. And yet, with all the answers available online, there still lie scores of deep, dark, spooky secrets. Mysteries yet to be solved until now. This isn't clickbait. This is our exclusive new podcast, Internet Urban Legends. I'm Loie, your evidence expert. And I'm Eleanor, the self-proclaimed skeptic. Together, we're the gruesome twosome, sleuths in search of the weirdest stories on the web. Every Tuesday, we investigate the internet's creepiest conundrums, covering each conspiracy theory and combing through every clue to separate hoax from haunt. Whether it's the video sure to make you lose your appetite, blank room soup, or every kid's worst nightmare, the terrifying truth behind Disney's deaths, or every parent's worst nightmare, social media's Momo challenge. Each episode of Internet Urban Legends is chock full of disturbing details which are either truly demented or ripe for debunking. And no matter our conclusion, we're sure to be left scared half to death. So won't you join us? Follow our new Spotify original from Parcast, Internet Urban Legends. Listen free and exclusively on Spotify. Now back to the story. On May 28, 1998, SNL comedian Phil Hartman was murdered by his wife, Bryn. After killing him, she died by suicide. It was a tragic end to a fraught love affair. Thirteen years earlier, in 1985, 37-year-old Phil met Bryn at a party. He was going through his second divorce, and Bryn was newly sober. She was a model and actress and was very transparent about her sordid history with drugs and alcohol. Perhaps it was her vulnerability that attracted Phil to her. He was in a sensitive spot, too. Shaken by the crumbling of his second marriage, he wasn't auditioning well. Yet here was another struggling artist opening up about her own shortcomings. There was an instant connection. Phil fell desperately in love. But even in those early days, the relationship was rocky at best. Within a year of getting together with Bryn, Phil's career took off. 
In 1986, he was hired as writer and cast member at Saturday Night Live. Riding high on his success, he asked Bryn to marry him. When he shared his plans to propose with close friend Cassandra Peterson, she replied, Oh God, no! Offended, Phil demanded Cassandra leave the room. After that, he ignored her for years. Cassandra said it was the first and only time she ever saw him angry. Still, the couple wed, and for the next eight years, Phil created memorable characters alongside gifted comedians on SNL. Simultaneously, he and Bryn grew their family. By 1994, the couple was ready to go back to Los Angeles. They had two young kids, and Phil wanted to pursue a new TV sitcom opportunity. The network comedy News Radio had snatched him up. Soon afterward, Bryn purchased her first handgun. She claimed she was nervous about living in the 4,000-square-foot L.A. home they'd just bought. Unfortunately, Phil's continued success allegedly took a toll on her ego. She had aspirations of performing, too, but she was depressed, stuck at home with the babies. Every once in a while, she landed a swimsuit magazine ad, but her TV and film career was virtually non-existent. Her husband's star, however, continued to rise, and it's believed Bryn couldn't handle it. Insecurity overtook her, and she returned to an old habit, using cocaine. At parties or on set, the couple fought. Bryn reportedly threatened Phil's friends and family members. At one point, she even terrorized Phil's second wife, Lisa Strain. Lisa and Phil had remained friends since their split. After Phil's son was born, Strain reached out with a note of congratulations, but Bryn intercepted the letter and wrote a threatening message back to Lisa. She warned her to stay away from Phil and the children, saying she would be sorry if she ever came near them again. Bryn's depression only worsened as time went on. She would tend to pick fights right before Phil went to bed, so much so that he started pretending to have fallen asleep when she came into the room. That way, he wouldn't have to deal with her abusive behavior. Friends of the family said she lost her temper as a way of stealing attention. Phil insisted a few times that they separate, but they always ended up back together. He admitted to one friend that sometimes things got so bad, he had to physically restrain her. Despite their troubles, though, Phil loved his wife. Friends commented about how he gazed at her as if she were the most beautiful woman in Hollywood. He confided in colleagues that he had to stay with her for the kids. They were always trying to work things out. In the end, however, the marriage remained strained. Bryn's jealousy, depression, addiction, and rage got the better of her. When Phil finally put his foot down, it's possible she couldn't take the horror she saw in herself. Drowned in a deluge of drugs, beer, envy, and self-pity, she killed the man she loved, the father of her children. After the murder-suicide, family and fans struggled with the loss. Phil Hartman wasn't just a joy to his friends. He had the power to make millions of strangers laugh. 
Phil Hartman had a giant heart. He was a consummate professional, and to his friends, he was intensely loyal. Despite his tragic end, his comedy continues to stand the test of time. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by John Levinson, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells, and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 